0: Welcome to My Fertility Journey, Life Chats with Bianca Bullisian. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. If you've listened to episode zero where I tell my story, thank you so much for coming back and if you haven't, I definitely recommend that you listen to it and also the teaser so you can get to know a bit more about me and what this podcast is all about. I do want to apologize in advance for the occasional sound issues. Due to COVID, all of the interviews are being done virtually and it doesn't always provide the best quality, but I promise that I'm doing my best to give you the best product possible. So this was my very first episode recording and I am super happy to introduce you guys to my dearest friend Adriana Rotella. She was the perfect first guest to start this show because our conversations just flow so naturally and she made me feel super relaxed which I know is not really her job as a guest but it worked out. Adri is a holistic nutritionist and a Marithew and Stopolati's lead instructor trainer. She is truly one of the best out there. She has traveled around the world teaching and experiencing different cultures, and she brings all of that into her work that she's so passionate about and she has so much to offer. Adri gave us great advices on how to start introducing changes to your lifestyle slowly so it's not too overwhelming. Adri has a 13-year-old son, so she shared about a very insightful prenatal teacher that she had and also how bringing home a baby changed her view on body and home products as well as what we eat. We also talked about improving sleep techniques and how we both apply different exercise modalities in our lives. We did also touch on her fertility struggles and how she navigated that. A trigger warning for pregnancy loss. If you feel that that might not be the best for you today, you can skip through it. It's in the end of the interview. Remember, it's important to be kind to yourself always. The easiest way to find Adri is on Instagram at adriana.rotella, where she's the most active. She has an amazing feed full of inspiring posts and the most yummy, healthy recipes. On her website, adriana.rotella.ca, you can book her for online and in-studio Pilates sessions and, of course, nutrition appointments and amazing advice. Hello Adri. Hi Bianca. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. I'm so
1: excited to be here.
0: Yes, thank you so much for coming. Um, I just wanted to start with um, me just sharing a little bit about sort of like our story. Um, Me and Adri met at uh, the Stop Pilates studio we're both Pilates trainers. And um, I remember sharing with you before how I always looked up to you and like your experience because you've been there for the longest time and always saw you as a mentor. And then when I became a trainer, and we started like sharing the same office and working like actually together side by side, that was just like such an honor. We have an amazing team that we work together with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember the day that I went into the office and you just oh Bianca let me ask you a question and then you shared something that happened with the students or something or a question that came up You're like what do you think and I remember at that time just being like oh my god Adriana's asking me a question <laughs> so uh and then you know just like how we became friends and and realized how much in common we have with the way that we see life and what we want for ourselves and our families and our bodies right Mm -hmm. So it's been such a pleasure to like become closer friends with you and, and then coming full circle to today, because you're my first guest on my new podcast (laughs) and, um, you were the person that introduced me to podcasts. So it's like completely full circle for me. So Mm -hmm. I feel like so emotional even just to have you here. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's really special. So today we're going to be talking a bit about... So the the podcast is My Fertility Journey, um, live chats with Bianca Policien because it's again My Fertility Journey. Um, but about the people that have been in this journey brought something to it or you know things that I found out through these last seven plus years now every Mm -hmm. month I keep adding a plus a plus Mm -hmm. (laughs) to these seven years Um, so you're a big part of that and a lot of the things that I found out was from you and things that we sort of found out together as well Mm -hmm. right from sharing information Mm -hmm. so I would love for you to share a bit about um your journey into wellness and health yeah you you started as a like an athlete pilates trainer into nutrition so let's Mm -hmm. go a bit about how that came to be
1: Mm -hmm. yeah sounds amazing Mm -hmm. I have to say too this is like super exciting for me because I mean I think that you came on board probably when I was on mat leave um Mm -hmm. yeah so then when I came back to the office there you were and yeah of course I mean I I saw you as an equal and I think that uh, some of my mentors did the same to me, like, oh, Adrienne, I can ask you a question. And I was like, what? Why are you asking me? So I think that, you know, we can definitely all learn from each other. And I, I am a firm believer that everybody, you know, um, comes into my life for a certain reason to teach me mm-hmm. a lesson. And uh, yeah, I think that our past, like, for sure, has, um taught us both a lot. Let's let's say that. Yeah. Um, You know, I think that I've, I've always just been interested in health and nutrition. I mean, I found myself way back, like even in high school days, like just always being attracted to like the self-help section at the bookstore and not not knowing why I'm like, why am I addicted to these books? But just, you know, learning about so much information and just this um, idea of growth, you know, and bettering myself, which just always had such Like an attraction for me. So I think that I've always naturally just been interested in how to, you know, best fuel my body, best move my body. So I just was naturally drawn into a lot of those um, things. So yeah, I played a lot of volleyball, still play volleyball um, now, and got drawn into Pilates just actually, you know, reading about it in a magazine. But this was like 1999, you know, so there weren't really Pilates studios around, but. Um, what appealed to me with the, was this promise of like the long lean body. Cause at the time I was, you know, just very athletic. So, you know, very strong body, which I'm still, you know, which I still have. And I'm proud of, yeah. of course. Um, but I thought, you know, I'll try this and I was taking the subway, like the train, an hour to go to the Marathu studio, which was Stop Pilates at the time. And I have to admit, like the first few sessions, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know what this is, but I can feel a difference in my body. And I feel like I can, like my back doesn't hurt. And I just feel like it makes sense. So uh, to be honest, I went into the course at the time just thinking, you know, this is expensive for... (laughs) At the time, I was like 22 years old. Yeah. So no thinking, you know, like it, at the time it was like $60 a session or something. So I thought, you know, I can't keep paying for this, but this is something that I feel I want to do forever. So I enrolled in the comprehensive course and then became certified in December of 2000 and have been teaching ever since. So it definitely goes well and has taught me a lot about, you know, moving your body properly, which I still teach to this day that movement should be something that feels good in your body not something that you use to torture your body for a certain look that you're going for, movement should feel good. And this is what I teach to my clients all the time, right? Starting
0: from the inside, right? The the Pilates is very much like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. So I think that that was a natural, like just something I was attracted to. And it's funny how these things work out that I'd never planned to be a Pilates instructor. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I just decided to do what felt right. And somehow it just all worked out in the end. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my journey into movement. And then, you know, as you've had the opportunity as of I with, uh, you know, Marithu to do a lot of travel worldwide yes. and really, you know, interesting travel. I learned a lot of my travels about, uh, you know, food and nutrition and just um, healthy lifestyle habits just with these cultures, like anywhere from Korea to Japan, to Spain, to Hungary, Mm -hmm. I started to really notice that they all had commonalities, although they were very different. Um, You know, their approach when looking at health, you know, came from very ancient uh, information that was passed down generations, which I feel that we don't really do uh, very well here because we feel like we know better than our ancestors and we want to prove everything with science, which of course has its place. But we don't really look at what worked generations past, right? So I just noticed that, you know, like what the kids were eating was just what the adults were eating, but in smaller portions. So there wasn't this like chicken fingers and fries kind of yes. thing, that we have, you know, here so much in North America. And I thought, wow, like this is really simple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how did we complicate food and health so much here that we're trying to make it this perfect you know, calculation where we lo- like completely have lost sight of like, how does this food make me feel? And what do I like, why do I eat a certain way, you know, in a way of like nourishing my body versus punishing my body, or I can't have this, or I can't have that. I'm trying to restrict. So I feel like we've really lost touch with like, yes. even, you know, listening to our, ourselves, like our own intuition about what's right for our bodies. And, um, yeah, just completely overcomplicated it. You know, I've had the opportunity to travel and learn a lot that way. And what I started doing actually, which was, was kind of cool, like even especially in places like China where they really do look at, uh, you know, ancient Chinese medicine, you know, in terms of how to, to make their bodies healthy, is I started asking the students, you know, I would say, okay, you don't have Pilates homework today, but you have a, right, another homework assignment. So I want you to write down three things that your great grandmother or your grandmother, your parents, would teach you about health. It could be anything. It doesn't even have to be food related. And it was so amazing to see these things like that people would just come up with. Yeah. Which was like, so like one that came up a lot in China actually was like soak your feet in warm water to sleep Mm -hmm. better. Right. About just regulating the temperature or just calming the body down or different pressure points in the body or just, um, you know, like never drinking cold water with your meals because it dampens your you know, your digestion, which I learned that in nutrition school for sure too. Yeah. So anyway, I'm kind of diverting here, but, um, yeah, I learned a lot and then I, you know, came back and really, I didn't decide about like, uh, about going into nutrition school until after I had my son and, you know, I just thought to myself, like, here I am like, feeding my husband and myself with like a home cooked meal and then opening a jar of baby food just felt yes. really unnatural to me. So, so
0: let's, thought- um, let's go through that, um, that class. So that pre- was it a prenatal class? that you had with that teacher that sort of changed your mindset a little bit.
1: It was actually, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> that was one of, um, cause I'm thinking about, you know, your question that you're going to ask me later about influence, like people that have influenced my life. And, yeah. uh, so we'll talk about that later, but definitely <laughs> when I was pregnant with my son, you're right. We had to go to a prenatal class and, this woman that taught this class, I actually have to hunt her down and find her just to thank her about how yes. much she's my life. Yes, let's uh, do that. Maybe I, I can I, interview her. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, her name was Sam and she said, you know, listen, I'm not here to promote anything. I'm just here to tell you what your baby needs and you'll be surprised at how little your baby needs. You know, you don't need all this product and all these um, items and things. Um, And she was like this huge, like just olive oil on anything. If your baby's skin is dry, put olive oil. If you're, you know, like, Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. It was amazing. Right. So I was like, she really got me thinking and it was like, Oh, I never really thought of that. So, you know, she said, just do your research. So then I started researching everything. Like what's in my baby formula? Like what's, we didn't really use formula because I was nursing. So I was blessed uh, that way, but Um, You know, what am I washing my baby's clothes in? Mm -hmm. So that kind of, I think was the first thing that entered me into all of this natural living. And like, I didn't know that there was fiberglass in my dryer sheets. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want that on my baby's clothes. So, you know, and at the time, like my son's about to turn 13 on Thursday And, you know, there wasn't as many like natural products available, but they were there. I just had to kind of seek them out. So that was kind of my first introduction to that world of, you know, there's different options here. And, and, you know, I really wanted to know what I was putting on my baby's skin on my skin and in his mouth and what he needed and just how simple it could actually be
0: yes and then it it really changes the way you see things and you start picking up on on things right as you go like for me and leo um we moved from brazil like we don't have dryers in brazil yeah right because we just hang stuff to dry the weather is pretty much always good and there's space and whatnot so um coming here we're like oh there's the dryer. So we wash our clothes. We, we picked whatever was the most popular, you know, you see commercials and on TV, like you don't Mm -hmm. see commercials of no chemical, Mm -hmm. sand-free detergent on TV. Mm -hmm. Like that's not there. Mm -hmm. So whatever is there, the, the major brands, that's what we got. And then we were taught when you throw your clothes in the dryer, they get all stuck to each other. So in order to get rid of that, you put the... These dry sheets are like, okay, that's what we do. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it smells kind of strong, but mm-hmm. I guess it goes a bit away when you after you use it. Mm-hmm. But then all of that smell and all of those chemicals and um fiberglass is it? Um all of that just goes into your clothes and then goes into your skin.
1: Yeah. That is horrible, whether well, a baby or not. not <laughs> <doesn't right>. matter. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. And you know what? Your skin is your biggest organ. So you know what I mean? Like whatever is absorbed through your skin with the, the lotions that you use or whatever is absorbed right away into your bloodstream. So it's things that, you know, we don't really talk about. So when, you know, Sam introduced that to us, I, I it just gets you thinking too, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wait a second. Like maybe there is a different way. Why don't I just put olive oil or coconut oil or whatever, so many options now, you know what I mean? Like on my skin, which is supernatural. And when I did that, I have to be honest, like no one never had any rashes or anything like that. It was just, it was wow. easier. I wasn't buying as much product. I mean, there was a shift for sure. I know my husband, when we started and, you know, just as you said, like not just for babies, but for us. And mm-hmm. I I was really only washing Noah's clothes and his special organic, like, you know, chemical-free detergent and then i thought to myself well wait a second this is important for us too you know so we would slowly make the shift and it didn't all happen at once it was Mm -hmm. one step at a time um and you know like for my husband to be like oh this doesn't smell clean you know and i'm like yes it does it smells clean because it doesn't smell like anything right so (laughs) it doesn't smell like chemicals of what we're thought you know what we're we're taught to think of as clean
0: yeah isn't it bizarre it's so bizarre as a society like this is what fabric smells like like nothing. Yeah, it should not have a huge smell. When I see these commercials and it says it smells clean or it smells fresh for 72 hours, even after you wore it. I'm like, yeah, that's not normal. Let's not use that. Um, So what do you think was the first shift? Because for me, I'll give you a second to think about it. Um, For me was, um, my story is a bit longer. We won't go into it. Um, you can always go back a few episodes, or episode zero is where I tell my story, so you guys can go back to that if you haven 't listened to it already, but for me, it was the the plastics. Mm-hmm before the before the products almost simultaneous but the the plastics was that one day when I found out I'm like oh my god plastics even if you're because I had gotten rid of microwave for the longest time mm-hmm. so I wasn't heating up stuff in microwave but still store like all my Tupperware and stuff my mm-hmm. like the big spoons and stuff for the kitchen there was a lot of plastic so I just literally got home one day and threw everything out mm-hmm. and then went to a kitchen store and bought all like stainless steel and silicone and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. drove leo a bit crazy because i'm like that i'm like either you know eight or 80 and so when i found that out that was the first thing and then the Mm -hmm. products and everything because of the perfume yeah which we can also go into um later if you want
1: these things can seem overwhelming when you're used to a certain way like we used to use Mm -hmm. a microwave all the time and I remember a friend of mine who didn't have a microwave only because she couldn't fit it in her kitchen. Cause it's so funny. Cause now (laughs) I have to think like, what, how do you warm up your food? You know? And my parents still have one. And she was like, uh, Adri, it's the good old fashioned way. It's right on the stove. And it's so easy. And I'm like, Oh, so when we, you know, I just decided one day I'm like, you know what, we don't need a microwave, right? Like we cook, we can cook it. And once you get used to it, now it's like, we haven't had a microwave for maybe 10 years. And people are like, you don't have a mic, where's your microwave? And we're like, we don't have one. And it's like, you just get used to it. So at the beginning, it's a little bit of a shift or like you said, going to glass containers or stainless steel or whatever. There's so many options now that we really don't need. And I think that, you know, it's not about being perfect. I certainly, we still have plastic in our house, of course. And there's, you know, not a lot of scented product. Really, we've kind of cleaned that up quite a bit. Um, Just because, you know, really finish using your product that you're using and then each time you go to the store you know you're making a decision and you instead of buying the chemical ones you just buy the organic ones and sometimes there's a you know obviously there's a cost associated to that often these products are a little bit more expensive but I find to be honest that they last longer and you know I'm not as careless with them so I really appreciate them and I use them it's really about lessening the load so one of the things that we learned and talked a lot about in nutrition school is that you know i can't really change the air that i breathe outside the air is the air of where i live but i can change what products i put on my body and i can change what product like what types of foods go in my body so if i can lessen that burden it's really all about strengthening the terrain right and yes. when your terrain is stronger i mean you could be walking around with the flu and not even know it because your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing which is fighting that without you know you succumbing to any symptoms even. So, you know, when you see, you know, a body that's very weakened because it's exposed to all of these things, it will, it may be a lot more susceptible to catch anything that comes its way. Right. So it's really about, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but it's really about keeping my body as strong as I can where I have the option to do so.
0: Yeah, right, so that's I- such a good tip because it does feel overwhelming mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard this great analogy one time, and I use it all the time when people ask about lifestyle and stuff because there's so many variables, right? So in like fertility forums and stuff, when we're talking about um, what else are you doing? Because um, we spend so much money on external things sometimes mm-hmm. too, like supplements and stuff to get like egg quality and sperm mm-hmm. quality, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of financial burden. Mm -hmm. um but then there are some things that you can just take out that then you're going to absorb those um better right Mm -hmm. and then it makes worth your the the financial investment and the stress and all that too Mm -hmm. well stress is a whole different thing because we can always like that is a heavy one too but the analogy was um talking about bees in the room Mm -hmm. So I forget exactly. It was probably a podcast that you sent me. Who knows? (laughs) Most probably. So um, if you're in a room with like a thousand bees and they all um, sting you, you're probably in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't have an allergy. Yeah. Um, you could be in big trouble. Now, if you less, you don't have to like leave the room altogether and you don't have to take so much effort and energy to kill all the thousand bees. Mm -hmm. But if you lessen that and it goes down to a hundred and it goes down to 10, like you could Mm -hmm. probably handle 10, Mm -hmm. five bees. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to think about it because sometimes we, we get so overwhelmed with everything that's going Mm -hmm. around in the world um we also have our jobs and we also have our our struggles and all the social stuff everything that goes around us and like i can't do it's like if i have to do all of that it's not going to happen we end up not doing anything yeah which in in the in the end of the day actually if you do one thing you could be putting a positive effect right yeah
1: yeah And i think it's important to think back to like when i started you know it was the product first so i was like okay i'm bringing home my brand new baby how about I just start with cleaning my house with vinegar and lemon, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Which is like amazing by the way, and like baking soda, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, and it really did feel clean, you know? And, and then the next step was laundry detergent, you know what I mean? And I, I was still using of course, like Windex and like, you know what I mean? Like all of the other product, but then it's like, okay, well maybe if I'm doing this and I can go to the next and it's just one step at a time, you know what I mean? And I, I see this all the time when I'm working with clients and, you know, they're like, okay, Adriana, that's fine. I'm willing to give up that, but I'm not willing to give up this. And I'm like, no problem. Let's start with that. And then it's interesting because it always comes back to then a few weeks later, a few months later, they're like, you know what, I'm ready to do that. And I'm like, great. You know, where some people are all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, like, it's like, when I learned this, now I'm just doing it all and implementing it right away. And some people just need more time. Right. So um, I think it's, it's important to be gentle with yourself and it's not about being perfect and it's just about you know just making better decisions and the more informed you are then the better you know the better choices you can make.
0: Yes, that's so true. So if we go into the like the products and because we keep saying like chemicals and toxins, chemicals and toxins. So why like from your experience and your knowledge, um, why, why are these things um, bad? And if you can go through like a bit of like the the hormonal issues Mm -hmm. with the chemicals and especially the perfume and scents, that's it's Mm -hmm. on like freaking everything, I, I started I, reading labels and it's like mind-blowing. Even the, scent, the scent-free the scent stuff has perfume.
1: I know, it's crazy. The scent-free people. I don't know when perfume. we ever like were so afraid of our own natural scents. Like, you know what right? I mean? So, no, it took me <laughs> forever to find like a good deodorant that, you know what I mean, actually worked for me and didn't have aluminum and all of these these chemicals. So Um, The problem with the chemicals is that, you know, when it shows in studies that like a little bit of, you know, ammonia or like aluminum or like anything, mercury or like anything, like small doses are, you know, tolerable in the body, which is true, right? Like we can have, we're exposed to these products all the time um, and it's fine. But what we don't think about is that the, not only the burden of all of these chemicals in all of like, I think they said some, I think it said that, you know, by the time we leave our house, we're we're using over 32 different chemicals on our body, just with like Um. our products and stuff like that, which is crazy, right? Because we really don't actually need all of that. But it's really also to the combination of these chemicals with each other within Mm -hmm. our body, right? So what is that chemical reaction that's happening, right? So your body is constantly fighting, trying to you know, um, remove the toxins and, you know, just kind of like get rid of all of that and detox all the time. Every night you're doing a mini detox to try and remove these things. But when we're so overwhelmed or overburdened with all of them, uh, it weakens the immune system, right? It's harder than for us to, for our bodies to just do these normal processes that is meant to, to do every day when it's constantly fighting. You know what I mean? These foreign chemicals that the body doesn't Uh, understand, right. Mm -hmm. Or know what to do with. So even like my actual, my, that was like that, the baby, that, that course at the hospital was my first introduction into this world, but really what pushed me to go to nutrition school uh, was that I had this Pilates client and we had been having this discussion, you know, every time I would go to her house and train her, she really wanted to clean up her life and just like fit like her health, let's say, and just do better. So we'd started talking about documentaries and she was doing all of this. And then she said to me one day, I showed up at her house and she opened the door and she said, Adriana, we're not doing Pilates today. And I was like, okay, what are we doing? Because I'm here and you didn't cancel, right? So she said, um, I dug up some of my old nutrition, uh, like she, I guess, went to go see a nutritionist at some point. She said, I want you to take a look. And at the time I wasn't a nutritionist. So I said to her, okay, you know, you know that I'm not a nutritionist. I can take a look and tell you what my opinion is. Because it had just been naturally like something I was looking into a lot. And one of the first things that I saw on this sheet was, you know, it had like a typical thing that you would see from a nutritionist. Like here are your, here are your recommended fat sources and your protein sources and carbohydrate sources. And yeah. right at the top of the list of the fat recommended fat sources was margarine. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, that's funny. <laughs> like I said, I don't know. Well, let's call her Sally. I said, you know, I think that, you know, if you're, if you want a little bit of butter, you should just have butter because your body knows what to do with butter, right? You want to lessen the amount of foreign substances that you're, that is are going into your body. And I thought to myself, like, here's this poor lady that is really trying her best to turn it around. You know what I mean? And and she's getting this information that is just so confusing, yeah. you know? And I mean, I was confused at the time too. So I thought, you know what, I, I want to, I, this is it. Like I have to go back because I want to help people make better choices, right? So yeah. it's really going back to keeping the terrain strong, um, you know, not confusing the chemical messengers in the body that are supposed to be doing one thing and, you know, having those messengers be disrupted with all of the mm-hmm. chemical load that's happening in the body, right? Yeah. So just cleaning house like our ancestors didn't have to deal with all this chemical burden i know so then like their
0: kidneys their liver they just worked to to clean up like the regular stuff right that that we're like whatever you eat that you don't really need or there's a little bit of dirt here they Mm -hmm. just deal with that but it's natural right yeah and then now it's they're fighting so hard all the time
1: Well, and I think the food has a big, um, you know, part in that too, in the way that we have to, the way we should be thinking about food, A, I, b- I believe, is in nourishing our bodies, right? So fueling our bodies to give our bodies the best chance. Obviously, we have, it has to taste good and we have to like it, to want to eat it. But I think first and foremost, it's looking at food to nourish and strengthen our bodies but we can't lose sight that food is also food is also a chemical messenger and sends signals to our body. So one of my first, um, you know, kind of experiences in really understanding this was, uh, in my nutrition class, we had uh, an 18 year old girl. She was the youngest in our class and she told us that she had not gotten her period for three years. And yeah, so she was working out like crazy. She was vegan at the time. And so she booked a consult with one of our teachers and he said, okay, listen, he said, the only thing that I want you to do right now, he said, is introduce eggs, specifically egg yolks. It's where all the vitamins are and the minerals. And uh, he's, he said, just get organic eggs and just introduce eggs. It's the only thing I want you to do. Bianca, within two weeks, she got her period on her birthday. Oh. Oh my God. We were all like this is celebration. <laughs> celebration. You know what I mean? Like people that don't get their period, like don't understand that that's not normal. No. You know what I mean? Like this is not like there is a huge disruption in your endocrine system. And yes. and that's has huge implications on, of course, fertility and you know, reproduction. So yes. just even like, you know, every time you're putting something in your mouth, it's either working to make you stronger or working to make you weaker, mm-hmm. right? And we have a choice, everything that we're do, every time we're putting something on the skin, you have a choice of what it is that you're putting on your skin. Yeah. You know, and I find that when you strip away all of this, it's actually simpler. I buy way less product, right? Know, Sometimes eh? my product is really expensive, but I use less of it because I don't need as much. It's not scented and it just, it feels so good to just be like, to minimize it like that.
0: Yes, yes. So that's the perfect sort of like segue, which is you already uh, mentioned a few key words there. So um, the, because the perfume is the huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. With, and I think for for women, especially we tend to use more products in general than men mm-hmm. and all the products have perfume. And uh, again, even the non-scented ones. Mm-hmm. So um, what is, what are those specifically doing to the, to your hormones? Cause it's a confusion, right? That's happening. Yeah,
1: it is a confusion. And you know what, like, again, just building up like, we are bombarded with all of this, like in our own products, in our environment. So that chemical load, especially, you know, I mean, a lot of people will have chemical sensitivities and not understand. Um, And just by removing those chemicals, you know, can increase your energy up to 20%, you know? So just, yeah. So the burden is bigger than we um, think that it is. I think people are walking around and they just feel that, you know, this is just normal to feel tired all the time and to, you know, not have good digestion or just to have headaches, I just, we always have these tools to kind of, you know, um, mask that. Um, but I people are often surprised that when they just remove those things, how much these things return, like normal body, bodily functions return back to normal, you know, so better sleep, you know, less headaches, and just better digestion, better bowel movements, Um, more energy you know all of these normal things that you know are dampened by all of this exposure
0: yeah it's very interesting because like when i went to a naturopath Um, years ago you know how intense um, the naturopath was especially in the beginning and he wasn't a fertility naturopath just Mm -hmm. overall worked with a lot of ladies with fertility issues but he wasn't a specialist on that and um, so the first thing was like how's your digestion and how's your energy So though that like exactly what you just said is huge. And I have to say like when we balanced out my digestion Mm -hmm. um, and took care of some like yeast infections, which I think most of us have and we don't know as well, Mm -hmm. which is scary Mm -hmm. that we don't even know and how much it affects fertility as well, which I had no idea. Mm
1: -hmm. So that was
0: a nice uh, sort of learning, finding out of things. And then so the digestion and then the energy. So again, you know, oh, I'm working too much. Oh, I just need to rest. Oh, the the coffee culture, right? Mm -hmm. Or caffeine in general. I don't drink coffee, but tea, the same, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. if I just get, oh, if I have a coffee in the afternoon, then I feel fine. But you maybe shouldn't need that coffee in the first place, right? And then we just make excuses as to why we're so tired and dragging our feet and not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Like hormonally, Mm -hmm. that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. If your hormones are balanced, you should have energy getting out of bed, feeling like slightly depressed, and down and that mm. kind of stuff and then the um, the digestion as well i would eat mm. and be like oh i feel like all bloated and gross <laughs> but maybe it's just because i just ate that's yeah. normal it's not normal. No, no, no. So can you share a bit like when when you guys changed a bit your um, the eating habits? Mm-hmm. Um, what were like differences? And what do you see also in your you can share your experience and mm-hmm. um, your family, but also your with your clients? Mm
1: hmm. Well, we started with um, my son's food, as I mentioned, so I would just I thought to myself, you know what, I can boil a sweet potato and just smash it up and give it to my son. And oh my God, he just ate up everything. (laughs) Like, I think that we were, you know, blessed with a very good eater, but I think that to exposing his palate to all these wonderful different tastes um, of real good quality foods um, definitely set him up for later in life, right? So now he'll like, totally like always go for his like broccoli or his kale or his, um, you know, spinach first yeah. and like drink the water that it just came in like, and before he touches anything else. And my husband and I still look at each other and we're just like, Oh my God, like who is this kid? Right. So, <laughs> That's amazing. It, so it is amazing. Yeah. So definitely like the food, milk for him, when he started drinking milk, you know, we went organic and it was funny because my husband called me one day and he was like, Babe, hey, how much do we pay for Noah's organic milk? And I was like, and I said, you know, we buy the, the, the three liter bag. So I said, it's about like, eight to $10, depending on where you buy it. And he was like, oh my God. And I said, why? He said, we're talking about it at work. And somebody said that. And I was like, no, no, no. Adriana gets it for less. We don't pay that much. And I said, oh, we sure do. <laughs> and I, he was like, that's a lot. And I said, babe, how much does your Tim Hortons cost you every single day? $2, dollars two fifty. So are you telling me that your coffee once a day driving to work is more important than our baby's organic milk? Like that's crazy, you know what I mean? With all the hormones and and pus and everything that's in the milk, like that's I'm like if I can only do one thing, I'm gonna do that. So then we started with you know that food, um, you know, and I think that it's really important for the kids to see what the adults are doing, right? So I'm not gonna tell my kid to eat vegetables where I'm not willing to eat those vegetables myself, right? So we just don't have a lot of products that I don't want to consume around the house, so we're not, you know exposed to that all the time. Like if I have the big containers of juice, we're going to drink that, you know what I mean? So I just don't even bring it into the house just because that's not what we want to have. But yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely the food, the products, it was all, it was all just kind of one step at a time. But, um, you know, and then the next was like, maybe I'll just go to organic tampons instead of regular ones, you know, and just now that like, there's so much on the market, which is amazing, you know, that we have so much to choose from. It's like easier now than ever. There's really no reason that I would ever have to go back to to buying any regular products.
0: Yes, I still would like to. Like I don't go to the like a regular pharmacy uh, Mm -hmm. as much, Mm -hmm. a drugstore. I wanted to say, Um, but the I I did go the other day to get something, and um, I I did not see an organic like sanitary pads yeah so you have to go to a health store still for that we're in toronto so we should be doing better with that i think like in korea for example you go to a regular pharmacy drugstore and you have Mm -hmm. the organic cotton ones um Mm -hmm. that are very very reasonably priced they're Mm -hmm. not like ridiculous in comparison to the regular ones and then that's where i found um the reusable sanitary pads too oh that I started yeah. using yeah whole yeah. different um, story well yeah. not so different <laughs> not so yeah. different but not for everyone I, yeah. I understand that but yeah. it's um, it's interesting we still have a bit of a ways to go even though it is definitely um, more accessible now yeah
1: and than I think mean, it was know, yeah a lot of products you still there's still trial and error like I've tried yes every laundry detergent you know what I mean possible and I just found for me anyway the seventh generation um, works the best you know what I mean okay. So yep it's pricey but I love that one right yes um, the deodorant oh my god I can't tell you I've tried wow. them all like expensive cheap like whatever I can yeah. find I bought one years ago from <laughs> Sephora pretty expensive I think it was like I don't know 15 to 30 bucks like I know that's a big range but it was expensive yeah. and I remember I don't know if I told you this but then I got it I used it for the first time it's not like vanilla I'm like oh this is really nice let's try it and I got into the car and my husband was like what's that smell (laughs) and I was like what and he said it smells like urine and I was like oh my god this is not good I can't have this so just the reaction of my own chemicals with that I'm like okay another one in the garbage so (laughs) you know what the the native brand I totally love I like promote that to everybody not that I'm associated with them at all but um that was finally my winner, and I just yes. I love it. So you have to try. You know, what I mean? yes. Like just, it doesn't mean because it's a natural product that it's going to be, yeah. uh, Still the best. So. Oh,
0: totally. And try, yeah, trying different brands, trying to make your own as well, right? Yeah, I think oh, we totally. we've all we've all been through the the wagon on the wagon of DIY mm-hmm. uh, beauty products, yeah. but some really stick. Some are yeah. time consuming, and you end up not sticking to it. Yeah. But I think if you if you have a hard time finding your own, like just Google, there's like a thousand different recipes recipes totally. of everything. Like yeah. I tell people about the the laundry detergent mm-hmm. um because I I we make our own. Well, uh-huh. I make I make our own <laughs> and um and Leo is in construction as you know and um we wash his clothes with this detergent, you know, oh, yeah, and yeah. it's like super heavy duty debris and smell like dust smell and body smell the whole thing together and it just cleans and it's totally fine
1: amazing i'll have to get the recipe from you yeah
0: yes i will send you the recipe maybe i'll put the recipe on the notes for the episode yeah
1: um but the i was
0: laughing at the deodorant story because um i think we we could have like a podcast just on deodorant (laughs) like everyone's (laughs) journey of finding a natural deodorant sure. it's a hard one yeah. yeah so so let's talk about your um so your clients the nutrition ones mm-hmm. or the ones that are your pilates clients that then became your nutrition um patients mm-hmm. and what do you find is like just interesting stories of the their own like adjustments and comments and and different um results also that they mm-hmm. that they've had
1: yeah it's health-wise. interesting you know it's um There's a wide variety. I think that, you know, people have to come when they're ready because even though like through 20 years of working with Pilates clients, I found there was a very natural crossover. Right. So pe- clients would ask like, well, what do you eat for breakfast and what should I eat? You know, and that before I was qualified to give advice on nutrition, I was like, well, I don't know. Like, this is what I eat, you know, yeah. and they really look to you as mentors on every level, not just health bodies. wise, yeah. wellness, wellness world. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. So we are the example, right? So definitely some would then cross over into the new, like booking a nutrition consult and, you know I think one of the most challenging things with nutrition advice is um compliance for sure. I think that it's not just about um, you know telling people which foods they should eat. I mean, as a holistic nutritionist, what we're trained to do is really look holistically so uh, it's not just about the food. it's like you mentioned, it's about stress levels, right which is could be so many different things right but even if you have like the perfect diet and the perfect exercise regime and everything and your stress level is high that's gonna really disrupt your hormonal system a lot right so we're really meant to look at like what does your sleep look like what are your relationships around you like you know are they stressful or are they nurturing and um you know really look holistically so we do look at the 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 big picture it's not just like a, a good you know I'm going to tell you to eat this perfect diet. You know what I mean? We're really yeah. taught to look at like genealogy and heritage. So it's like, you know, if you came from Brazil, even though now this is your new environment, really your body, what your body does the best with is what your ancestors ate. Right. Okay. Because that's really what you're made up of. So um, really looking at their history, you know, like that. So, um, you know, we, I, I I just basically get them to tell me a little bit about themselves, tell me about what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, we definitely look at sleep, you know, sleep quality. Oh huge! Um, yeah. Oh my God, huge, totally huge. You know what I mean? Like, especially for your endocrine system, like your adrenals, which really manages your stress, um, really does well with routine, right? So if we're constantly going to bed and waking up at different times, you know, and we're, we're really going through really stressful situations, you're, like adrenals get really fatigued and then makes it very difficult, you know, for, um, you know, your endocrine system and your reproductive system for sure. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, sleep is huge. Um, so really looking a lot at that, looking at their history, looking at just simplifying, you know, maybe what, what things can we start with? You know what I mean? So I'll get them to give me a diet diary just to see if anything jumps out at me. Listen, I'm not somebody that's going to say you're not allowed to eat chocolate and you're not allowed to eat this. And you know, those things still, of course, you know, I enjoy, you know, what I mean, enjoy yeah. them and don't feel guilty about them and stop punishing yourself about what you think you're supposed to be doing. Right. And just, yeah. you know, a little bit of like a permission just to not have to be so perfect yes that stress
0: is counterproductive right like you're doing everything right but you're so stressed because you can't eat this and you can't go out with your friends and do that and right and you got rid of like your favorite things and then that stress is counterproductive to all the good things you're doing so balance balance is what you're saying
1: looking at like what are some easy steps that we can start with? And then like I was saying before is when they're ready for more saying, okay, now can we look at the next step? You know yes. what I mean? And and remembering that it doesn't have to happen all at once because it does become overwhelming and then people are like, forget it. I can't do this. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because each person comes with such different, you know, um, goals and um, issues in the body that we look at. So it is very individualized yes. versus, Um, looking at this is a great diet for everybody, or this is what everybody should be doing. Like if you hate running on a treadmill, don't run on a treadmill. You know what I mean? Like I hate spinning classes, so I'm not going to move my body in a spinning class, but I'm going to walk outside and I'm going to dance or skate or swim or do Pilates or yoga, like whatever feeds my body in a, in a way that might be different to somebody else. Right. So I think we need to stop Comparing, and we need to really know ourselves and what makes us feel good. How much does it do you really need? Might not be the same as your partner. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. I remember feeling so guilty that I didn't like yoga. I'm like, I should like yoga. Like I like Pilates. I'm a Pilates teacher. Like I was yeah. a former dancer. Uh, I, fir- I was a dancer and I like, I should like this. And then especially as I went into like the wellness thing is like yeah. yoga, yoga, yoga everywhere. I hope yeah. we can infiltrate that with our Pilates background yeah. a bit more. But the, cause Pilates can be so good with that wellness program as well. And I think mm-hmm. it's overlooked a little bit. Oh, hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, I remember that guilt. And then I remember I found a, a yoga program that was more for athletes. Mm-hmm. So, um, at Jenna Webb that, that does the program yoga. And oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, this is for me. I think I, I, we talked about that before and the, so I'm like, oh, this is because it was more athletic and felt mm-hmm. more like an exercise, but I'm like, I was just like, still like forcing myself yeah. because I need to find something that is more what fits what I see really right and and that's not healthy
1: yeah yeah I think that like for me I felt the same and I don't know if it was just like I'm like am I just really like Pilates biased you know what I mean because I you know if I found myself like a Pilates class would always just fly by right and I just always found like I was really interested in it and I and it felt so good you know and whatever, anytime I would do a yoga class, not to knock yoga. I think yoga is amazing. Oh, totally. I love it now, actually. I totally
0: switched it and now I like it, but that was years ago. But I think it's
1: about finding the right, like the right teacher and the right type. There's so many types, right? Like I hate holding poses. I would find myself five minutes into a class going, Oh my God, there's 55 (laughs) minutes left. I'm going to die. Like, and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't, I shouldn't be doing this if it's not feeling good for my body. Right. So I love swimming. You know what I mean? I'm like swimming feels so good or I love walking. You know what I mean? Or I love skating or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like just, you have to do what feels good for the body. Movement should feel good. It shouldn't feel like a punishment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then if you go back to the, like the food thing, there's there's no real um sort of recipe we know that mm-hmm. right so if people come to you with the diet right mm-hmm. sort of that mentality how do mm-hmm. you like talk to them because i know from knowing you and your work and what you believe in um you're not a diet person you're not going to mm-hmm. give a person a clothes like in a box diet mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how do you switch their their mindset let's say
1: So the first thing that I do is look at like, what is their norm right now? Right. I have to know where we're at, like in terms of where to start. So um, if I see that they're drinking like, you know, five diet Cokes a day, that's where I might start. Right. I start at the most, like the biggest things to address the biggest things first, and then think, okay, well maybe we can cut this down. Right. Or eventually hoping that we'll move that out together. So like looking at the, the the big things that are really not good for the body that we need to clean up first, right. Versus, um, you know, never look at calories. How many calories are you yes. taking in? How many calories? It's not, it's more, it's, it's really about more than that. Um, versus this old like calories in, calories out mentality mentality. And I still have clients that really like Pilates clients that really believe in that hard, Right. So they're just like, Oh, this has this many calories. To be honest, I can't even tell you how many calories is in certain foods because it's just yeah. It's really not about that, right? So um, I'll look at that first and see where we can make some, some small changes that might t- turn into big changes, but usually working with the client to see, okay, once they feel ready and they notice, oh my God, I feel so much better, actually. My headaches mm-hmm. are gone or um, my digestion feels better, like you said, you know what I mean? Like with what are they eating and drinking at what times, maybe we can just make small shifts, you know, like they have really poor digestion, let's take away the cold drinks, And, you know, introduce some warm drinks with the food. You know what I mean? Like that's still one that my husband fights me on for sure. But then he will be like, oh, my stomach after. I don't know why I feel so bad. (laughs) You know, but the cold drinks is something that really dampens, you know, you think of your digestive, like your hydrochloric acid in your stomach is your fire. And that's what's meant to break down the food. So anytime you're introducing cold drinks, it's dampening that fire, which is going to hamper, dampen your digestion, right? And digestion is key. Like our teachers always said, I would rather work with somebody with a really crappy diet, but great digestion versus working with somebody that's got all the perfect diet and everything, but really terrible digestion. So there's ways of working with that, but digestion is key, you know? So um, really looking at how their digestion is and just trying to fix some minor things first and then say, okay, I'm going to check in with you six to eight weeks from now and see how you feel. I might check in like a week or two just to say, how are things going? Does that make sense? You know, how are you feeling? How is it, you know, you're still implementing what we talked about just to check in. Yeah, and then and then usually when they come back, they'll be like, oh yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, actually, you're right. That pain is gone. Or I feel so much better or have so much more energy or I just feel happier. I'm so much less, you know, I'm not as irritable and whatnot. Like we might look at, you know, if if we might uh, offer like a supplement or something like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we really try... To deal with as much of what their body needs through food versus supplementation. Okay. Because release really supplements you can look at as something like, you know, antibiotics. If you really need an antibiotic, you know what I mean? Like I know that they're they're not great and they're overprescribed for sure. But you know, when I had pneumonia, I was so grateful for those antibiotics because they could save my life. You I know. know. Yes. And there's a way that I can deal with re-inoculating my you know, my bacteria to strengthen my immune system again, even though I washed out all of that healthy bacteria, I can re-inoculate that, right? And reintroduce that where, you know, these things have their places, right? So how I prefer much more a natural way of lifestyle. If we have to go to the hospital, I'm so grateful that, you know, we have access to that and and like emergency care that, that um you know a healthy diet won't give you right
0: yeah absolutely yeah like I had a uh, not too long ago a kidney infection and I'm like I'm not joking around with this yeah (laughs) like the antibiotics is what I do yeah yeah yeah. so it's what I have to do and then you just do it yeah and then you deal with it with then we eat our kimchi and our sauerkraut and our healthy yogurt and all that stuff yeah yeah absolutely so let's um just to sort of wrap it up ish let's do sort of a little list right so we we talked about um so the some of the advices that you that you gave to tackle this change of lifestyle right Mm -hmm. so um not doing everything at once one thing at a time, and then you talked about sleep. So can you just give us just a few for the listeners, just a couple things that you can do if you're struggling in that area? Yeah.
1: So sleep is something that, I mean, there's so many things that you can do. I'd say number one, try and find a schedule that works for you, where you can go to sleep and wake up at relatively the same time, right? So um, the body, the adrenals love routine. So, you know, I mean, if you can eat at the same time, again, not to make yourself crazy about it, that it has to be at the exact same time, but the body really does well with, with that type of routine, especially for sleep, right? Um, earlier is always better. So even though you might be getting the same amount of hours of sleep, um, going to sleep at midnight and waking up at eight, even though it's eight hours is not the same as going to sleep at 10, you know, and then waking up at six, right? That's eight yeah. hours. Um, because the body has also a natural circadian rhythm of, if you look at ancient Chinese medicine, your liver, I believe detoxes from 11 o'clock to one o'clock. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to sleep at one o'clock, you're missing that entire cycle, right? Which is really important. They say for every, every minute, I think before midnight is worth two after, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. So Um, so going to sleep earlier is better, right? So I'd say the sweet spot is like anywhere between 10 and, um, like 10 and 11, I'd say for some people earlier, for some people can go later. Um, there's a really great book and I'm sure like I've, I heard him on a podcast of course. Um, but it's called, uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's, I think it's called what's my, like your chronotype. So it's, Okay. That's not the title. I will give it to you after so then you Yes, can it in the notes We'll put about, it on the notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about like what we know about early risers or late risers and mm. just what, what is your real natural body clock. Right. Um, and we talked about this in nutrition school with Ayurveda as well, that some people do a lot better eating early in the morning. Some people do better with eating, you know, later in the afternoon. So it's really about knowing your own body yes. um, and what feels right for you. So I'd say setting up definitely a more scheduled routine sleep wake schedule um, definitely minimizing the electronics before bed and clearing them out of the room. I know that you know this for sure, but the blue light from these phones that Mm -hmm. we're getting is so disruptive to our, our pineal gland, which, which produces melatonin, which we need to sleep. So if we're suppressing that with this blue light and then wondering why can't I fall asleep and why can't I stay asleep? This is one of the easiest things to do. So, you know if you can't do two hours at least one hour definitely get off the screens don't bring your screens um you know to bed with you um i you know as a lot of people use my cell phone for as an alarm clock so i will put it into airplane mode not just the night shift but i'll try to shut that down so the alarm will still work and i just try to move it a little bit further away so i'm not sleeping with it right at my head um you know, I think certain things like we learned from, you know, our Chinese students soaking your feet at night, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's nice. Even having like, you know, a hot shower, then I, you know, finishing it off with one minute of cold can really help to regulate your body temperature and prepare it for sleep. Like any types of soothing activities, you know, um, it depends on how far you want to go, right? Like it could be changing your night lamp to a red light, you know, that um you know won't disrupt that melatonin production as well um, and i think that too something that's important is as soon as we're waking up is to get that bright light into our bodies which will then increase um you know that wake cycle so that yes. our body is is you know getting ready into that um, to get into our day um, we like to take some magnesium supplement at night because magnesium is magnesium is really something that is used for over 350 uh, functions in our body, mm. but it is a natural muscle relaxant and a natural nervine relaxant. So it relaxes the nervous system. So um my husband swears by that. He's like, oh my God, that mm. makes such a difference. So yes. we all have a little bit of that before we go to bed. Um, yeah, I think that, like, I mean, those things kind of work for us, but it yeah. depends on what you're willing to do. You know what I mean? I think definitely a dark room, a quiet room, a cool room. Um, yeah. And if yeah. If you come out, <laughs> you know. Good, good tip. Yeah. I think
0: that was pretty thorough. That was more than two little things, and then, um and then of course, like exercise, right? For for lifestyle. So you mentioned that just not being too like hard on yourself that you have to follow whatever is like whatever you see on social media or whatever you see on the commercials, you don't have to look a certain way, right. With, within your exercise regime. Yeah. So just trying different things. And then um, I know we talk a lot about like nature as well. Right. Yeah. So how do you, how do you guys include that on your, I know you have a nice backyard (laughs) Um, and also we're not traveling so much now because of um, the pandemic. But um
1: how do you add that to your?
0: Um, but you know what? Even like in the
1: pandemic, like we're outside every single day. So yeah. I mean, I think most people, obviously not everybody, can get outside and walk for twenty minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? So like sometimes I think we believe we have to start with these giant goals. Like I'm going to exercise for one hour five days a week, and then of course we see that maybe that doesn't fit into the schedule, and then we just give up completely. So can I do a twenty minute walk after dinner, which can really help my digestive system and help actually reduce diabetes by 30% just oh, wow. by doing a 20 minute walk. I think that was like
0: minutes. three birds with one stone. I right? think that was.
1: Yes. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm walking with a loved one, with my husband or my son or with a girlfriend or whatever. You know, this is reducing the stress because I'm outside. Yeah, that's really important. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you love to do boot camp at 5 a.m., then go do your boot camp at 5 a.m. But if you don't love to wake up at 5 a.m. and do boot camp, don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've had clients, Bianca, as I'm sure you have. You know, we've worked with so many people over the years that have shown up, and they're like, "Okay, so I'm on medication for a kidney infection. My granddaughter's in the hospital, um, and you know, um, I I was up all night." But you know what? Work me really hard, and I'm like, (laughs) "Are you crazy? I'm not working you really hard because you're at your breaking point, and this is exactly when you're going to get injured." And like, giving your yourself permission, like we feel so guilty if we're not productive or if we're not pushing, pushing, pushing all all the time,
0: time. all the time.
1: And you know, our ancestors didn't do that. What they did was they were good at knowing when it's time to work and when it's time to rest and actually giving yourself permission to rest. Like, you know, for years I would feel so guilty if I'm like not doing something productive. You know, my mom still is the hardest worker I've ever met and still in her retirement, she's like, pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm like, Oh my God, if you taught me anything, it's just like to slow down. And I think for like this time in COVID is very strange for a lot of people. But like we were saying at the beginning, I think that if anything, it has Offered people a different perspective, you know, to show them maybe I can slow down and that's okay.
0: Yes, yes. And I think, I think this is a great way to to finish because I think this is so important also for the fertility community. We're always on a part of a journey, right? Yeah. You're even when you're taking a rest, it's like, oh, okay, when I'm taking a rest between the treatment and another, now mm-hmm. it's time that I need to exercise and I need to eat well and yeah. I need to because the quality of this and the quality of that. And we just, like sometimes just giving yourself permission to not
1: do anything yeah it's it's okay as well and and I think surrendering to that too and just being open to maybe what I thought is not the right way you know I mean like I don't know if we're kind of saving that this conversation for another time but yeah when we were trying for our second like when we had Noah it was like literally first try and we're like, okay, well that was easy, you know? And then the second was not so easy. Like we tried for almost three years and it was, you know, I can understand, you know, one of my friends who was struggling to have her first. And she said, you know, Adriana, people tell me not to think about it. She said, it is the only thing that I think about all the time. And, you know, I, I really thought about that and I thought, Oh my gosh. And then when I was trying it, it was that, and you know, it, it, it was so strange because I thought here I have this like little, you know, boy who like, I'm kind of not missing up in his, like, you know, I, I definitely wasn't in the moment. Cause I just kept thinking, okay, the next one. And where am I right now in my, you know, cycle and like, yeah. okay, now it's time and to connect with my husband was always like just a job, you know, know. based on the calendar versus like, Hey, let's just connect because we want to be together, you know? Yeah. So that level of stress really does affect your body. Right. So, um, you know, I think for us, and I think everybody's story is different, for sure. When I really thought about it, you know, I, I was just determined. I'm like, Noah has to have a brother or sister, so we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, we're having another one. Even though deep down inside, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I really just wanted to have another one. And when I really stopped to think about that, um, something my sister said, because I had said something about, like, seeing a little kid. And I was like, yeah, don't miss that. And she was like, and it it was after a few comments and she said, you know, I have to say, it doesn't really sound like you want to have another one. And I thought to myself, like, what, what are you talking about? And actually when I was in Korea, I saw, you know, they, they have these like not fortune tellers, but they read your birth date and whatever. And this woman, Bianca was so incredible. Like she predicted so many things that was spot on. And when I asked her if I can have another one, because that was during that time, she said to me if you want and I was like what do you mean if I want I'm trying so hard like of course I want you know and the little things like that sat with me and I'm like wait a second do I want you know and when I actually paused to think about maybe this is just our family and I need to be okay with that yeah it was so life-changing because I was just like oh my god here I was so busy just forcing 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 Something that maybe wasn't in the cards for me. Right. So, I mean, after we miscarried, you know, like I, and, and we were, you know, kept trying, kept trying. I thought to myself, you know what, maybe this is just like the way it's going to be for us and to be okay with that. And now, of course, I'm like super happy. I mean, I think that the story would have been different if Noah wasn't, um, you know, if we didn't have Noah. It wouldn't be as easy to be like you know what this is it for us i think we would have tried definitely different avenues um but i mean i just think it, it was super interesting to just really realize maybe what i thought up here wasn't you know what what yes. uh, what should be
0: the the pr- it goes back to the pressure sometimes yeah. that we just externally somehow you're like okay like i i want my son to have a sibling and, and or most families have yes. more than one child and you just have in your mind what you think is normal yeah. and and what you should be like and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't have to be that reflection did you, did you did you, you and dom talk about that reflection together or did you sort of I come into was, realization about yourself and then you chatted
1: i think it was more that was my lesson to learn because mm. i think with dominic he was always like uh you know, when I met him, he was like, I'm fine. If we don't have kids, I'm fine. If we do have kids. And it's like, if you know, Dominic, he's like the best dad and he's so in love with Noah and they're like this, like, I literally have to pry them apart. I'm like, you will see each other in the morning, say good (laughs) night and let go, you know? So he's a wonderful dad. And, but he was after Noah too. He's like, I'm fine with just being Noah. But like my dad was the oldest of eight growing up. I had like a hundred cousins, you know, not yes. literally, but you know, yes. like I just I couldn't pick I never ever ever imagined being an only family, you know what I mean? But yeah. once I accepted that, I it was I could just relax and um yeah, just be happy with that. Yeah. Be okay with that. You know, like one of the very first things that I learned in my psych- psychology of disease classes, the teacher came in on the first day and she wrote on the board, um, which we I've seen all over Instagram and everywhere, of course. But mm. um you are exactly where you are meant to be at this Mm. moment, you know? So even though I think, oh, I wish I went to nutrition school earlier, or I wish I would have had my son at this time or like, whatever. It's just, this is, you know, we have to just, um, except that it's not everything that we think it's going to be. Yes, yeah. Right?
0: And it's it's with everything in life, right? Yeah. Even with, even with me after my first treatment didn't work out and, and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go through that again. I'm not. I was in denial. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried everything I could not to go into treatment again, but there was a lot of sitting and reflecting and like, do I want this? And then I realized I did. So mm-hmm. almost sort of like the opposite answer to yours, mm-hmm. but the realization is sort of the same, right? This is where mm-hmm. I'm meant to be. And that if I need to go through treatment again, then that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's an important reflection for everyone.
1: And I think that too, a lot, sometimes we don't know right away yeah. why. And I think that, I mean, for me, looking on the outside and just knowing you and just watching you along your mm-hmm. journey and just so happy to be alongside of you and, you know, just, yeah. Um, it's been amazing because I really truly think that your story will help a lot of people, you know what I mean? And, um, you know who knows what'll happen in the future but i yeah. think that you are meant to be where you are exactly right yes. now and i'm so well, proud thank of you, you. <laughs>
0: thank you so much so um so to finish we do have the the it's going to be my classic question yeah. um it's you're the first one to answer so on your journey and your sort of story what would you tell the listeners anything that sort of stuck with you that maybe changed you
1: um i think that you know i mean definitely we talked about that influence of that uh, instructor at the the hospital for sure was a big one for me in terms of just opening up my eyes and looking at things a little differently Um, but I have to go back and just say my parents you know I mean like I think your influences early on really do have a huge impact in terms of how you look at things and I think that you know, when I was like a teenager and going, dad, you should really buy low fat. Like, why are you buying that full fat? And he was like, you shouldn't do that. You know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, he just doesn't know, you know? And and now going, ooh, he did know, you know what I mean? Like, so I think being positive influences like now on, you know, maybe some of your listeners have little ones or going to have little ones um, one day, you know what I mean? Like being a positive influence on them. Um, I think was huge for my parents, you know what I mean? Like yeah. them being just like, just really natural, not pushing like natural products on me, but just the old way of like my mom grew up in a village, you know what I mean? So yes. just like passing down, um, I'd say that my parents were probably the the first for sure. Like I'm grateful yes. that I ate just really natural foods and uh, they started me on a really great, on a really great path that I could then continue and now go a little deeper.
0: Nice. So connections, family and um, important connections is
1: important. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, just giving yourself permission to just really like have a little bit more like just trusting your intuition. You know what I mean? I'm just saying like, if this makes me feel bad, just I need to stop it. Or if I'm getting pulled this direction and I don't know why I can't explain it, but we need to listen to that. Right. Cause your yes. body is trying to speak to you all the time. And I think that we are so clouded with all this like mm. external information that it gets so confusing and we've lost the ability to actually like say and feel, how does this make me feel? And do I want this? You know what I mean, yes. what is the next step? And then I think we have to strip away all of that noise to sometimes just listen to ourselves, and we're really not taught how to do that, yeah. You know? So I think that I means know better, sadly. Yeah, 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 get better at that for
0: Great. Sure. So if we want to find you mm-hmm. um, online or otherwise, what what do we do? Where do we find so, you?
1: yeah, Instagram is probably where I'm hanging out the most uh, these days. So just yes. love all the visuals and it's fun and easy. Um, so just adriana.rotella r-o-t-e-l-l-a. Um on Instagram. And then uh, you can check out the website as well. So www.adrianarotella.ca Excellent. And we'll best. add
0: those. Yes, we'll add those yeah. to the notes. Adri, thank you so much. I love you.
1: Oh, I love you. Thanks like for that.
0: being my first guest. And yeah. uh we'll see you soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. And um, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. This podcast wouldn't be up and running if it wasn't for the help of a few very special people. You can find my special thanks to them all at myfertilityjourney.ca. And if you want to keep in touch, find me on Instagram on at myfertilityjourney.ca. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, leave a review to support the show and share it with anyone you think might benefit from it. Love you all and I'll see you soon.